Welcome. You are listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue Podcast, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's better to hear it live, this is the place to catch the latest sermon, conversation, and select program. If you like what you're hearing or want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get a notification for our next episode. Enjoy and see you in shul. Shabbat Shalom. With my mother and father present for my son's graduation from high school this week, of all my childhood memories to share this morning, the one that strikes me as most on point is that of the Cosgrove Shabbat table growing up. Sound of the front door to our home opening and closing on a Friday night, signaling not only the arrival of my father from work, but the Sabbath itself, as well as a wordless notice that our presence without delay was expected in the dining room, shoes and collared shirts required. My mother would light the Shabbat candles. We would sing Shalom Aleichem, yours truly, always a bit off key, and my father would recite Eshet Chayel, a woman of valor, the first few lines in Hebrew and the rest in English, a British translation, which to this day I can still recite off by heart. At that point, my father would give his four sons a nod, the nonverbal cue that beckoned his children to step forward, two to his right, two to his left, so he could bless us. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May God bless you and keep you. May God's light shine on you and be gracious unto you. May God's countenance be turned towards you and grant you peace. We were then each given a kiss, at which point my father would recite Kiddush. In the first 18 years of my life, there were rituals that came and went. When we were very young, my mother used to sing Shema to us every night as she put us to bed, but we eventually grew out of that. And for a few years, I recall how we would recite Havdalah every Saturday night as the Sabbath concluded. We almost always sang Birkat Namazon, Grace After Meals at the Shabbos table until we didn't. But this blessing, the priestly blessing given by my father to his boys was the constant. Continuing to this day when I am home or as he is this weekend in my own home. Something mystical about the ritual. Physical contact was necessary. The jostling between me and my brothers as we positioned ourselves in his wingspan relative to his height even as our heights changed. No matter the frenetic pace of the week, during that moment of blessing, nothing else mattered. We were physically, familially, and spiritually present. A hardworking physician, a week could go by when I didn't see my father. For all the love my dad had and has to his boys, I think it's accurate to say that day to day, it was our mother who raised us. This was a time before cell phones. There was no midday texts 
or check-ins on the commute home. Some weeks, his words on Friday night at the blessing were the first words he spoke to us in days. And let's face it, I was a fairly typical teenager. There were times, given the walls of intimacy that exist between father and teenage son, that I really wasn't interested in sitting at the Shabbat table, never mind listen to what my folks had to say to me. But in that moment, neither my mood nor anything else mattered. Even when there was nothing to say, there was something to say. Connection was made, blessings were given, blessings received. In those moments, time stood still. In those moments, we were taught to appreciate the power of a moment. Daber el Haron be'el banav lemor kotabarhu et b'nei Israel amor lahem. Speak to Aaron and his sons. Thus shall you bless the people of Israel. Say to them, may God bless you and keep you. May God's light shine on you and be gracious unto you. May God's countenance be turned towards you and grant you peace. Thus shall they link my name with the people of Israel and I will bless them. The priestly blessing in Hebrew, Birkat Kohanim, as recited at my Shabbat table and so many others, as found in our Torah reading this week, is the most ancient, most ubiquitous, and most sacred blessing in our people's repertoire of prayer. The most ancient in that archaeological excavations in Israel have turned up two 7th century BCE amulets containing these very words, the earliest occurrence of a biblical text in a non-biblical document dating back even earlier than the completion of the Bible itself. Most ubiquitous in that while the Bible limits the recitation of the blessing to the Kohanim, the priests, these days the words are recited by priests and non-priests alike, Jew and non-Jew, man and woman, even Bob Dylan, spoken and sung at dinner tables, brises, baby namings, bar and bat mitzvahs, and beneath the wedding canopy. And they are the most sacred. Throughout the ages, our commentators have sought to unpack the spiritual import of these words. Three Hebrew words, followed by five, followed by seven, an intensifying cadence of words, letters, and consonants. The first line, some say, referring to material blessings. The second line, to God's blessings. And the third, to the most elusive blessing of being satisfied with one's blessings, what today we might call an attitude of gratitude. Other interpretations speak of intellectual, emotional, and spiritual blessings, while still others understand these blessings to teach that just as we hope that the divine light of God is directed towards us, so too we should work to see the divine light in the countenance of others. And while the interpretive possibilities of the text are as numerous as there are rabbis to interpret them, for me, and here I return to the Sabbath table of my youth, the power of the blessing is not in its meaning, but in its delivery. In fact, the focus of the Talmudic discussion of the blessing is not on the meaning, but the mechanics of its giving. The words must, for instance, be recited in Lashon HaKodesh, the Hebrew language. The words must be recited by way of Nesiat Kapaim, the lifting of hands as a parent places a hand on the shoulders of his or her child. Most of all, the words must be spoken panim el panim, face to face. In other words, 
There must be a physical proximity and by extension, an emotional intimacy for the words to have effect. The meaning of the blessing is important, but even more important is the lesson taught by the manner in which it is given to be present in the fullness of our being, to be spiritually attuned, to be attentive to the moment at hand, to be intentional with our lives, to stand face to face with the humanity of another, even when, and perhaps especially when, words themselves fall short. The higher goal of spiritual living, taught Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, is not to amass a wealth of information, but to face sacred moments. Far too often, far too many of us live our lives with senses dulled to the spiritual possibilities that exist before our very eyes if only we were open to them. Like a train speeding through a countryside, life passes us by its pace, its incessant demands, a moving walkway from which we do not step off to pause, to breathe, to behold, to appreciate, and to allow ourselves to feel wonder, awe, and intimacy in this world. It's not the only reason to observe Jewish ritual. It's not necessarily even the primary reason, but it is to the contemporary sensibility, perhaps the most compelling one, a blessing to be said when we wake up in the morning and when we go to sleep at night. The mezuzah, that we kiss when we enter or exit a room, the candles that we light at the beginning or the end of the Sabbath, being intentional about the foods that we eat or don't eat, blessings that we recite over even the most basic physiological functions. A life of mitzvot is not meant to be rote. Just the opposite, a life of mitzvot is meant to save us from the rote, to cultivate a spiritual of self whereby even the most mundane, most habitual, and most familiar aspects of our lives inspire awe in their beauty, possibility, and sanctity. Yes, our rituals are the sacred vessels by which we connect to tradition, to community, and to God. They're all these things. But most of all, they're the prompts calling us to attention and to live a life with intention. As Jews, we need no ashrams or spiritual retreats to recognize the blessings of our lives. We have a spiritual practice, a life of mitzvot, a regimen of spiritual attunement whose goal is to communicate that moments are not to be missed, that in the words of Heschel, wonder is the root of all knowledge. And contrary to what Ecclesiastes wrote, there is always, always, something new under the sun. And more than the moments missed are the people in our midst. The power of the priestly blessing is no different than any other mitzvah in that it calls on us to pay attention. The difference being that in this case, it's the experience of another person, not moment, to which we are called to recognize. Our tradition is very clear. Equal as we all may be in the eyes of God, each one of us is singular in nature. Our character, our gifts, our foibles, unique to each of us. It is a thought, a thought which if you pause to really let it sink in, is so sublime that it can overwhelm. No two moments alike, no two souls alike.
every person in this world unlike any other, each one a universe worthy of exploration, appreciation, and awe. And while we all know this to be intuitively true, nevertheless, be it for lack of time, energy, or inclination, we fail to pay attention to the most obvious evidence of the divine in our world, our shared humanity. All of which is why, amongst other reasons, we have the priestly blessing, to make sure that at least once a week, at least within the domain of our own homes, we pause to recognize the rare and inimitable souls of those individuals we call family, those people with whom, hopefully, we journey through life. Like every Friday night, last night I blessed my children at the Shabbat table. It was a special Friday night. The once or twice a year that all my children are home, this time next week they will all have begun to scatter to the wind. But more than the blessing of having the full complement of Cosgrove kids, more than the blessing of having my own parents at the Sabbath table, is the knowledge that last night was the last Friday night before my youngest, Jed, graduates from high school. Over the last days, not surprisingly, I've been reflecting, some may say panicking, on the significance of this turning point, this once-in-a-lifetime inflection point in my life, in his life, and the life of my family. It is not, I know, the prospects of empty nesting that weigh on me. All those pithy aphorisms about childhood years passing in the blink of an eye, how the days are long but the years are short, I don't relate. I quite love my wife. Unlike my kids, I chose her. I can't wait to go back to picking up where our relationship was when it left off nine months after we got married. And I will sing love songs to her when we're 80. Besides, 18 years, 18 years is plenty. It is time. I love my kids dearly. I have and will never have an achievement of which I am prouder than each of them, all of them, and the love shared between them. But it is time to go. If for no other reason, because the measure of parenting, successful parenting, is the ability of a child to create a self-sufficient life of their own. It's not empty nesting that weighs on me. What weighs on me always, but especially this weekend, as my son graduates from high school, is whether I myself, as our tradition teaches, have been consistently and sufficiently present for the unique and incomparable soul that is his. Have I paid attention in the frenetic pace of life, in the unending demands placed on my schedule, in the walls to intimacy that exist between father and teenage son, in the untold number of parenting missteps that I have inflicted, some of which I am aware, far more I am sure I am not. In all of it, and so much more, have I been present? Is he aware? 
Does he know that there is nobody in the universe like him? How proud I am of him. How odd I am by him. How in this boy wonder I find constant wonder and awe. How lucky this world is to have you. And how the greatest honor I have in this world is to be known as your father. Most of all, how much I love you. Do you know that I actually feel all these things all the time? But the limits of language, time, and temperament somehow prevent them from being spoken as often as they should. Do you know that these are the words I am saying to you every time I bless you and your sisters at the Shabbat table? The day is coming soon enough that Debbie and I will be sitting at our Shabbat tables, candles lit, no kids to bless. We'll skip straight to Kiddush. My hands will not be on our children's shoulders, and the words will not be spoken face to face. I pray, nevertheless, that the blessings upon our children will still be felt by them, no different than my Father's blessings are still felt by me. That God bless you and keep you. That God's light shine on you and be gracious unto you. That God grant you the greatest blessing of all, shalom, peace. Thus shall you link my name with the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. See you in shul. Hallelujah, Hallelujah.